On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson. How's it going, everybody? Matt Robinson with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. And we've been asking over the last couple of weeks here. Spotify has added the ability to leave a star rating. So if that's where you're hearing us, uh, only if you got a good one, uh, leave us a star rating there, I suppose. Uh, happy to be welcoming back to the show today our buddy uh, from the batflip.ca, Andrew Stoughton's here. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Really, uh, really glad you're back. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff we want to talk to, but uh, be remiss if we didn't ask because uh, you did have it on your social media there just before the holidays. Uh, had a bit of a run-in with the, with the Rona. You feeling better now? Everything's good? I, yeah, I am. Everything's fine, fortunately. Uh, doesn't seem to be any lingering effects, so uh, fingers crossed. I know that that's uh, the less talked about uh, thing where everybody's sort of like, you know, ready to feed people into the meat grinder, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're still seeing lots of people who... Uh, who don't just get over it and have a mild case. Right. Unfortunately, even the good camp, I think. Um, so, you know, God, God's natural immunity now, I guess. So uh, <laughs> for, at, for at least, you know, a couple more days or what, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, not fun. Not, not my favorite way to spend the, the holidays, but I'm sure so many people are in the same boat. Well, and I, I think that's an interesting point, right? Because you were, you know, you weren't shy about pointing out that you had to cancel holiday plans over this thing, right? Like once you weren't sure, it was just like, oh, it's better to just call this stuff off, right? And I think a lot of people kind of, especially with how rampant this one went this season, I think it probably affected a lot of people that way, man. Not an easy time of year for this to be running through the community again. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I post that. I don't, I try not to post personal stuff, honestly. <laughs> I just, I'd like to, I'd like to just pop off with takes more than that, but uh <laughs> But no, because it, but it, it, that was something like it crossed my mind about like, you know, before I had a positive test on Christmas Eve, I was like, all right, well, I kind of don't feel great, but am I kidding myself? And like, and, and, you know, I don't think I would have done it, but I definitely like there was a part of my brain that was contemplating going and seeing sure. family. Uh, and so when I was, when the test was like, hey, idiot, don't do that. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe if there's someone else out there who's like having that same weird part of their brain, uh, you know giving them doubt about what the right thing to do is, uh, I would like to, I would like to reinforce to them that their instincts are correct and don't go and see anybody. Yeah, no, and I've noticed that about your, you know, your, uh, your social media there. You, you typically leave it, your, your, your own personal life out of it for the most part, but every now and then, you know, it's not a bad way to use the platform that you do have, right? And just be like, Hey, this has happened to me. And I think because sometimes we tend to think the worst, right? Like it's just natural, whatever. I've I have allergies in the summer, and so there's right. tons of mornings where you wake up kind of stuffed up, and you're like, "Oh my god, is it?" Like, no, it's probably not. But do you risk it, right? Like, do you, right. and, and you, you kind of wrestle the with it. I was having absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know what we do around here, man? I don't know if you brought anything specific to this show, but uh, I got a beer here. I'm going to try while we chat. Has there been anything you've tried lately, or uh, I know you're more? Uh, you've, you've said you're into some of the the ciders and stuff like that. You tried anything good lately? You want to shout out to the listeners here? Or? 
Uh, oh man, uh, <laughs> I've been pretty. I've been pretty loyal to you know. I, I love a I love a brickwork cider. I love the the Queen Street, the red one, the semi sweet is very nice. Nice. Uh, and then I've been drinking a lot of White Claw lately. Which okay, is, yeah. You know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm a woo girl or something. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, but it's delicious and and uh, and nutritious. So one of the guys who. Uh who co-hosts here with me occasionally, Maddie Lang. He's been all over me to get into the White Claw. He says, especially in the summer, he said, trust me, it's where I'm going to want to be. I haven't tried it yet. I did get into um, to seltzer, right? The White Claw? Yeah. Yeah. I got in last summer to a seltzer called uh, Bangarang, and uh, one of the guys who plays for the Red Blacks, um, when the CFL was shut down in 2020, you know, most of those guys have to go get real jobs, and uh, sure. he suddenly found himself as a Bangarang salesman, so um, he hooked me on that, and... Uh, I was into that over the summer, so not a bad thing. Maybe I should be trying the uh, the White Claw. But today, uh, I got something here, and I've had this one before. I try not to repeat on the show, but sometimes you're just calling out for something you know you're going to like. And so this is the uh, Double Up Coffee Stout from the Tomorrow Brewing Company down in Toronto. And one of the things that I've said over and over on this show is I don't like breweries who tell me that this is a such and such and then they just sort of hint at it, right? Like, if it's a coffee stout, <laughs> hit me. Bring the coffee flavor. Like, let's let's do this if we're doing it. Um, and these guys do that in a big way um, with this one. It's 5.5%. Uh, like I said, the Tomorrow Brewing Company, uh, we always share the beers on our Instagram at all, Can Audio. If you're wanting to get a look at the can so you can find it for yourself, uh, give us a follow there. Uh, so that's what I'll be going with today. If you'll give me just a second here to indulge the listener, man, uh, on Monday... Uh, Rob will be back. We got lots of uh, hockey talk we'll get to on that one. Next Thursday in this time slot, uh, we'll be getting you set for UFC 270. We'll be uh, bringing back our fight panel, which is uh, Steve Bunda from the Faces Magazine here in Ottawa and Graham Creech from TSN Radio. Uh, big card there as Francis Ngannou faces off against Cyril Gaon for the heavyweight title. That's one that people have been waiting for for a long time. That'll headline UFC 270. So we'll get you set for that next Thursday. And the Thursday after that, you know, we try not to go back-to-back weeks talking about sweaty guys in their underwear all over each other, but it's Royal Rumble week in the WWE. So uh, from Sportsnet, Kevin Mickey will be back to uh, tee us up for the Royal Rumble. Back-to-back kind of, like I said, sweaty guys in their underwear talk, but uh, that's the way the schedule rolled out this uh, this month, so we'll, we'll just roll with it. Your Royal Rumble guy, are you going to follow that at all? Uh, you know what? I, I look, I, I, I'm on Twitter, so I see a lot of wrestling content. Uh, I've definitely tried yeah. to, uh, to watch some, some of that stuff as an adult and, uh, it hasn't really taken. No, <laughs> I grew up on it as a kid. I've sort of fallen out a lot. Like I can't, I just can't sit and watch it every week like I used to, but there's two or three events every year where, because I know everybody's going to be talking about it. I will still check those. And the rumble is one of those just cause it's fun. It's, uh. That's one we'll it's check. One, it. It's one I've tried. It's one I've tried. All right. But, so uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I won't. I won't repeat what <laughs> what ends up being said in my house about it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, it is not for everybody. So, uh, but for those of you who are into that sort of thing, that'll be Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet back joining us uh, for that in two weeks. So, like I said, next week UFC 270 preview show with Creech and Bunda. Week after that, Kevin Mickey for the uh, the Royal Rumble. Um, we got lots of baseball stuff to get to, man. We sit here kind of in a one day reprieve from a, a deep freeze in Ontario that's got everybody uh, dreaming about the summer. So thought it would be a good time to talk <laughs> a little baseball. Uh, the league is has locked out the players, but we're not locked out of talking about this thing. One of the things that has come up is uh, some renovations that are going to go down at the Dome. They've decided, I guess, not to, to move to a new park or build a new park. They're going to do what they can uh, in the footprint that they have. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. Also want to talk to you about the offseason they've had so far, but just sort of in a general sense, I think this is the first time we've chatted since the season actually ended. And, man, they came damn close, came right down to that final day. It was about as exciting as any kind of final day of baseball that I can remember in terms of, I guess it was one around 2010, 2011, where Tampa and Boston and uh, there was a... Yeah, the the game 163 day. Yes, that that was crazy. This was cool just because the Jays (laughs) were in it. Um, What do you think of the difference between the Jays that finished the season and just sort of... Did it feel just to you at the end that, you know, the, all those games at the beginning of the year count too, but man, with how good they were playing and the, the, the team that they'd turned into, I don't know, it felt a little bit like, all right, it's it's fair, but it felt a little rotten the way it ended. Like they could have maybe made some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, just to watch, you know, 
all credit to the Braves, credit to Alex Anthopoulos, who everybody around here obviously uh, uh, still has a lot of fondness for. Yes. Uh, but watching a team that won more games than the Blue Jays win the World Series is kind of uh, <laughs> a bit a bit of a punch to the gut. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I don't think you can say after 162 games, you know, somebody, you know, you, you deserved better. Like you kind of, you, 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 there were a lot of games they could have won that they didn't. Um, but this is one situation where, you know, the, the playing in Dunedin and playing in Buffalo, I think really, uh, as you saw when they came back, like the, the, the lift that they got when they got yeah. back to the, the home crowd, the real crowd and not, you know, playing in front of, you know, pro Yankee fans or Rays fans <laughs> or whatever, um, made a real difference. And so that, that could have changed the season, but you know, you got to play the games in front of you and, and yeah, I don't think you can feel, uh, especially aggrieved by it. I, I, and as for the, the, you know, the final day of the season, I must say like it, it was slightly anticlimactic for me because I was just so, so certain that the, I could not invest any hope in the Washington. No. <laughs> it was just like, like as soon as the, the Rays lost the Yankees uh, and couldn't even score a run, you know. And wasn't there one earlier in the weekend, too, where the Nationals had a lead and then blew it late, I think? or I, I believe so. Yeah, believe and you're just so. like, oh, and my God. And it was God. just like, I was just, I was, I was embittered by that point. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was like, no, no, no. No, no, don't don't hang on in every pitch of this. The Washington Nationals are going to find a way to screw it up. And then they did. <laughs> yes. So I don't feel good about being correct about that. Right. No, but you're it, right about that. It, it, it definitely. I, uh, I did wake up, uh, though, on that Sunday like that. going like, this is going to be fun, right? This is a day where you're watching a bunch of games. And like you said, and even if they don't make it, like you're invested in a bunch of games all at once. And, and it's been a while since we've had that right down to the last day. Um, so yeah, you watched the Jays and that game was over by like the second or third inning that yeah, they were going to yeah. win that. And so now you're just watching everybody else. And yeah, of course, uh, you get your heart broken right there at the end. Yeah, it was fun though. It was, you know, apart from the, the bitterness yeah. and how it was absolutely not fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, having that to, you know, that's a, that's a great, that's a great part of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, uh, in baseball in particular, the way that, uh, the schedule works. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, sort of on that point is as we sit here in the middle of this lockout, and I guess on Thursday, novel idea, they are going to talk again, the uh, the players and the owners. Well, they, you know, they did lock the players out just to expedite the process. <laughs> of course. So why talk? For <laughs> Always them? works. Yeah. Um, they're going to sit down and negotiate again. And apparently one of the things that's on the table, this is hardly the biggest thing on the uh, on the agenda, but is the idea of expanded playoffs. And in 2020... Uh, with the shortened 60-game season they went to, the expanded playoffs, the Blue Jays got in, and they weren't half the team that they were, in my opinion, at least this year. And, uh, you know, they, they got in with because of the expanded playoffs. This year, when the Blue Jays were much better, uh, an expanded playoffs would have helped them. So you, you do sort of have this um, idea that, you know, selfishly, the Blue Jays are in a spot right now where maybe you would like to see a little room for error and then they can get in and make some noise in a series, whatever that looks like. Do you have any opinion on whether or not they should open this up? Because one of my favorite things about baseball, even though it has cost the Jays time and time again being in the AL East, is the fact that it's hard to make the playoffs, right? It, you get down when the playoffs start, it's good team against good team. And there's some value to that. But if you want to expand, if you want to keep fans interested, I do see the value in opening it up a little bit more. What's your take on, on whether or not the playoffs should be expanded? Yeah, it's uh, like you say, I mean, you can just, you think about what the Jays, what could have, what the, the, this as a Toronto as a baseball market or Canada as a baseball market could have been for the last 20 years. If there was an extra playoff spot mm -hmm. for grabs, like there would have been so much more excitement about this team. So many more years. Um, but I, I understand the traditionalist pull there. Obviously, uh, it should be hard. And and it, it uh, what what I hope is like because I kind of like I'm resigned to the fact that I think it's going to happen. I think that you know the owners just uh, make so much money off playoff games. Like that's th that is an enormous thing to them. And money um, they don't have to share. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. I mean, you know, the the players are not getting paid in October. Their salaries stop at the end of the regular season. So, um, you know, I, I just think I think that that's going to happen. Uh, and so I kind of come at it from, you know, I, I'm resigned to whatever, to, you know, to that that that's happening and and not worrying so much about the debate, whether they should or shouldn't do it, right. because I think it'll happen. But I think what you have to do is then approach it from a way where you, you know, there are ways you can, you can give an, a proper advantage to the teams that do finish better in the regular season. And I think that's, you know, that would be. What is that? I like think, what, I think what, how would you do that? Uh, you know, like, uh, like. 
the teams and the like the teams that finish worst don't play at home or, right at all you know, or you start or you start a game down in the series you know you have to win three where the other team has to win two in the Oof, first round or yeah. something like that you know Radical, I, I, I like think that. That, I, I think there are ways you can do that yeah. where you know you still get the extra tv revenue you still get more excitement down the stretch for teams and you know and that i mean that's i think debatable obviously you know because as much as we're like you know it's easy to see being blue jays fans or being people you know around the blue jays and follow this team in this country uh you know how oh you know there would have been so many more years where the dome would have been more full in september and august if there had been but i think it sometimes works a bit the other way you know if you're so if you're so far ahead of the division that that you know you're you're cruising to the playoffs maybe that saps some of the excitement about it but i personally i tend to not believe that you know i think that the giants and the dodgers were still packing their stadiums yeah. all all summer um but yeah i think that there can be creative ways but they would have to actually get really creative with it uh, in order to like give the disadvantage to a team that that uh, that sort of snuck in, but I, I I would be all for that, and I'm I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> I, I think that they would be asking so much of the traditionalists just to add another playoff team that maybe that would be a bridge too far, or maybe that's how MLB would see it. Uh, not exactly the most uh, uh, <laughs> open-minded creative thinkers, and modern, and, yeah, yeah, and you know, they're everything's sort of incrementalism. Um, so how far would but, you open it up? Would you go right to the NBA, NHL, like eight and eight? <laughs> like what? What do you want to do? Uh, no, I don't. I think that would be a lot. But I think an extra team. I think the ten in twenty twenty was was good. And then there's a way to 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 you know really reward the teams that win their division and and you know finish atop the standings. You know, what about the leagues. idea of picking their opponent? I kind of like it. I like that too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's. A, I think uh, you know all all of that stuff would be on the table if it were me for sure. But and I also I really like the, I I do like the you know you start a game down thing too. You know I think that 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 there there is just there's but there are there are ways to to weight it so yep. that uh, so that it's not and it, like there's an extra night of TV and you're not you know you don't want to see the the 84 win team win the World Series right no and but there is like. If this is about revenue, and it always is, right? There's an even outside of the games, there's an extra night of TV. If there's an ESPN special, you know, as the Yankees and the Dodgers and whatever line up and pick their opponent, and then there's the the pride element that goes into being that oh these these guys picked us, they think we're the easiest team. Like I don't know, there's some fun to be had there. It's just a question of whether whether stodgy baseball is willing to actually have a little fun with this or not. Yeah, absolutely. Though I think, you know, the way that teams are managed, you know, run from the front office now, it would be more like, okay, who, you know, who's the best pitching match? Right. Yeah. How are their starters be lining all up? analytically you know, driven. It would be very much like that, which could be fun too, but, sure. the, but, but not as much the same as, you know, oh, the Yankees didn't pick the Red Sox because right. they're scared. Constantly. Yes. <laughs> um, it's been an interesting start to the offseason, which, as we've mentioned, is now on hold, but the Blue Jays have spent a boatload of money, but they've seen some impact guys leave as well. Um, what did you think of the Kevin Gosman uh, move and, you know, sort of in comparison with whether or not they had brought Robbie Ray back, you know, sort of how do you compare and contrast the two and were you happy with that move? I, I was, I mean, I think they're pretty similar guys, uh, you know, the quote unquote two pitch pitchers, but guys who have such, you know, wicked stuff, you know, Gosman obviously a little, di- little different throws a splitter, but, but, uh, but are, are similar guys. And, and I think, you know, the, you know, there were there were red flags on Ray, and there was the fact that he you know needed an opt out that maybe made his contract with the Mariners like slightly less good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're looking at it in that you know front office vacuum, um, but obviously a really fun guy and a fun guy to watch, and you know the the tight pants, and he wanted Cy Young. Like you, you know, I I would never begrudge any Jays fan for sort of being disappointed that sure. it's that they chose Gosman over Ray, but I I do think. You know, the Jays liked Gossman for a long time and seemed to like him better than Ray. I mean, obviously, the results with Ray this year speak for themselves, and we'll see where it goes. And I think, you know, these these guys are going to be tied together, at least in this market, for a really long time. Well, not even um, dissimilar in terms of kind of bursting onto the scene, right? Like, yeah. not, not known for being dominant guys, and then all of a sudden, you suddenly are. The Jays were interested in Gossman before. Um, this offseason, but he goes uh, west and, and has a great season again. Are you at all worried about whether or not, and I mean, you wouldn't be any more or less than you were with Robbie Ray, but whether or not this is real? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, but I think the ceiling is probably, or sorry, the floor is probably a little bit higher with him just because he doesn't have, you know, the track record of like walking everybody, which right. Ray has. <laughs> and, and that's really only been gone from Ray's game for, 
you know, for a year or so. And he does have better years in the past. And I also kind of wonder about like, you know, Robbie Ray's max effort stuff. Yeah. You know, he, he, he was like a reliever throwing as hard as he possibly could every single inning. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, you know, I was, I was talking with uh, Arden Zwelling of Sportsnet uh, a couple weeks ago and was like, yeah, in the, in the bullpens, you know, you'd come in on his off day and it's an empty sky dome and you could just hear grunting from the bullpen like he's going all out all the time, which, you know, worked and is great. But, I mean, maybe you wonder a little bit about uh, how long a pitcher can, can withstand that kind of uh, sure. effort on his body. So, you know, Gossman may be a little bit different in that way. It's just sort of done it for, you know, was a, I think has been – pretty decent uh for longer um so i'm fine with it i think he'll be really good i think you know i mean i think jose barrios is the is, is the the number one starter for this team anyway which is probably a good thing for gossman who can kind of not have to be that guy and you know ryu's still here as well and everybody's going to be you know fawning over alec manoa for obvious reasons again so um so i think it's a good situation i think you know and that would have been a pressure packed situation for robbie ray to come back and and have to try to repeat the cy young year especially with the big contract so maybe maybe it works out okay but um you know robbie ray sure was fun to watch so i you know i i'm not i'm I'm not thrilled that he's gone but i think gosman is definitely a a more than adequate replacement yeah it's funny in toronto when you look at the way a lot of fans view these guys and I think, you know, like you said, we we obviously had a great season. Obviously, we love the tight pants stuff. Whatever. But the max effort thing is something I thought a lot about, too, because, you know, whether it be with the Blue, like the Blue Jays are happy or Blue Jays fans at times were happy to overlook better players in favor of like John McDonald, who like we love our grinders. <laughs> right. And despite being this like rich metropolitan city. We love our, in hockey, everybody, Gary Roberts instead of Matt Sundin, right? Our, the, the get in and sure. muck it up. And and Robbie Ray fit into that nicely. Like this guy, you can tell he's given her every time, but you just wonder as he gets older, like you said, does that at some point blow his shoulder out or more like any pitcher runs that risk, but at some point, sure. does it, yeah. you know, catch up to him Does it quicker? exacerbate that risk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Jays obviously have, have, some tolerance for that kind of risk right you know george springers does not have a great track record of health and they paid him a lot of money and then you know this track record did not get any better no different (laughs) kirby yates they they failed a a medical with the braves and then they you know they signed him to a deal he's now back with the braves but uh (laughs) um you know there was definitely risk there which did not work out but you know but like all these guys like you say are, are risky but uh but yeah it's interesting and obviously actually in the draft they've been really uh risk averse in terms of like, you know, Gunnar Hoagland, their number one pick said Tommy John. They've done that a few times with guys who are injured, who they think, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're willing to, to believe in, you know, their ability to rebuild guys and get yep. them healthy after, after major surgery. So, you know, maybe that's not as big of an issue as, as I like think, it. But, Don't you like but, swing for the fences? Yeah. You'll miss oh, sometimes, yeah. but, but take your shot. Like instead of middling around the, you know, the, the, the mediocre, I don't take your shots. I don't know. I don't mind that strategy. Yeah, I, I think that I think they've done. I think they've done quite well uh, you know, doing that strategy for sure. Um, as we sit here, then you mentioned Jose Barrios, and it was pretty clear when they brought him in that they were excited about the possibility of having the extra year. Right? They didn't want a, a strictly a rental guy, and they. It seems like they were pretty sure that with that amount of time, they'd be able to sell him on Toronto and and staying with the Blue Jays. And once the team got back to Toronto, which actually coincided with his arrival to the team, it seemed like the city took to him and, and he took to the organization pretty well and, and he performed really well down the stretch. Were you surprised not so much that they were able to get this done, but how quickly they were able to get this done? A, a little bit, yeah. And also, I mean, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised because it's the Twins and they don't, uh, they're not exactly the most free spending team, but I'm surprised that the Twins weren't able to get it done. And right. I felt that that wasn't going to happen, basically. And he had you said, know, coming in, I'm going to do, I'm going to test free agency, right? Like they had to talk him out yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was really a test case, I think, for what the organization has been trying to do, you know, throughout the, the Mark Shapiro era, which has become, you know, a real player first organization and really take care of the families and really, you know, upgrade the facilities and make this, you know, the Marcus Simeon called a, a baseball paradise, I think. In a, an athletic piece for, with Peter mm-hmm. Gibbons, you know, in September, and, and you know that's that's powerful stuff from it a guy is. who's you know who's been to a few teams and has, has seen the league for a long time, and you know is respected, and you know nobody's not talking to Marcus Simeon. So, right. uh, you know, I, I think that that's uh, yeah, I think that that was definitely sort of a test case, and they, it was a perfect one because you know they had the extra year that made it that sort of justified it, you know, on its own if they didn't get a deal done, mm-hmm. but uh, but 
clearly they really believe in what they're doing and and uh, are trying to get buy-in from players and probably identified Barrios is not a, not just a guy who uh you know on the field is obviously a great player but uh would fit into their sort of family first culture of guys who you know really really want to you know want to be as good as they possibly can and love the game and all that you know and these are all kind of like clichés that you sure. hear from everybody. but I think that that's really you know you could you could see in sort of the the guys that they end up bringing in are guys who do want to want to take advantage of the resources that the Jays want to provide them. And that's sort of how they speak about it. They're like, you know, we can't, you know, the, the, the training and coaching staff can only do so much. It's really up to the player and they kind of want players who take it upon themselves to, to want to, you know, be as excellent as they possibly can. And the Jays sort of feel like they're the facilitators of that while at the same time, uh, have really made an effort uh, more so than you know in years past of of just trying to be as uh, as good to the families and and make you know crossing the border and all the little things as uh, as 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 good as possible sure. and, and as luxurious as possible. I assume <laughs> having never you know actually seen you know what they see on a day to day basis, uh, but I assume that's part of it. And and so I think that though it was a really uh, smart test case and uh, clearly it worked out really well. I mean, especially you happy with the deal? The mo- yeah, look at yeah. some of the money that's thrown around yeah. this year. Uh, on the free agent market, you know, uh, I think Barrios, if he was a free agent this year, he would have sure, certainly got a lot more and, and probably in a year as well. But, you know, obviously there's risk there and, and him having to stay stay healthy and everything. And the in the term AL was, East, was a lot. Term, yeah. yeah, that's true, too. But the, the term was a lot. But it's, uh, uh, you know, if you can't bet on him staying healthy, there's really no one you, you could. Right. right. I mean, he's just a, he's been as durable as anybody. Um, and yeah, and I, I think that's a that's a thing that a lot of people miss. You know, it's like you know, okay, they they lost Ray, they lost Marcus Simeon. Yeah, they brought back uh, 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 Kevin Gossman as a replacement for Ray, but also the I forget how many starts Barrios had, but it was only like eleven starts yeah. or so. You know, for the Jays, so so getting twenty more starts out of him next year uh, closes the gap that you've sort of lost in terms of uh, Simeon going. And, and you know, if you just sort of think. As Mark Shapiro would say, holistically, yeah. <laughs> about, you know, wins above replacement and stuff like that. Uh, I want to look ahead a little bit, but just before we do, since we're on the rotation anyway, uh, you and I did talk over the summer as Ryu was was struggling a bit, and you sort of shut me down, and and that's fair. <laughs> that's why I do this. I like to bring uh, in people who know better than I do. But uh, I wonder, not looking great for me now, is it? Well, I don't know. This is what I'm going to put back to you, but. Um, Ryu's struggles appeared, at least from the outside, you know, in, in a general sense, to sort of line up with when they started the crackdown on the sticky stuff and the, the, the spider tack. And I'd never heard that term before in my life before last July, I guess it was. Um, and, you know, he struggled coming down the stretch. Uh, there was talk that, you know, if the Blue Jays did manage to to make the playoffs where you would want that guy, how he was going to slot. And a year earlier, he was by far your ace. He was incredible. He was everything you'd hoped he would be when you gave him the big contract. And I wonder, coming back in now, I, I'm certain that they're expecting a bounce back and and that he'll you know come back and, and pitch well. But you are now looking at a rotation with, uh, with a young Alec Manoa who's shown that he's for real. Uh, now Gosman and and Barrios, where does where does Ryu fit? What are you expecting out of him this season? Are you concerned that you know this is about to go off a cliff, or is he going to rebound? What do you think here? <laughs> I'm I'm concerned it's about to go off a cliff. I mean, but that's sort of true of any. Let's see, thirty four, thirty five. Yep. He's going to be thirty five in March. Uh, I, I, but I I you know the sticky stuff. Maybe, maybe it coincides. I would have to look it up. Sure. Uh, but I mean, he's definitely a guy who has sort of had these fatigue issues to, in the past. And I think it's, he sort of rides a fine line between, you know, the, and, and the big thing that everybody talks about with him is, you know, extra day, extra day rest yep. really seems to help him, uh, which is something that the Dodgers were doing too with him. And, and I think that that's, uh, sort of just who he is. And I, it's also, you know, he was really, I mean, he, I think he had a tough month in June, but, uh, but when he's, uh, I, I wrote this in a, a, the mailbag that I wrote this week at the, the batflip.ca. You can go read that. Uh, but I think in June, it was like a, he had a three, or sorry, in August, August 8th, he started against the Red Sox. And when he stepped on the mound that day, he had a 323 ERA and a similar FIP, uh, which was, you know, one of the best marks in the league. And even mm-hmm. though he'd, you know, that wasn't what we had, you know, become used to in 2020 and, and wasn't what he had done with the Dodgers, uh, that's still pretty good. Yep. He was still having a pretty good year at that point. And then that's sort of when the wheels fell off. Um, and you know, I, I you know, I think that I, I think that he pitches through 
you know, issues like the, the, like, you know, he had the glute injury that yep. he, you know, ended up taking a, a, some time off for, but I think seemed, it seemed like it was maybe reluctant. And there were times where you were kind of wondering if he was, uh, you know, still feeling something like that. And he definitely, you know, you could see where the, the velocity sort of, uh, isn't super consistent you know, and he's got no start. room for error there eh? like there's been a and, bunch of yeah. stuff written on like one mile per hour down and he's getting hit all over the place like it, it, it does seem to be a bit of a thing for him yeah and so i mean i think that that's just sort of what you what, what you got to deal with from him and you might have to skip him some starts and uh, do whatever you can to keep him fresh i think does he not i don't think he throws side sessions you know right I mean, no I mean, that no. sort of is a uh <laughs> a pretty big indicator indicator <laughs> of you know the what's going on so I, i'm hopeful that you know uh, a full off season, getting back to health, he could be more like the guy that he was. And, and fortunately, he doesn't have to be the guy that he was in 2020. Well, that's it. Like um, if he's a number three, you can skip him, right? You can keep everyone else on five day rotations and get an off day here, and he's he just misses that start and gets some rest. So like maybe yeah, there's a and chance. If, I mean, if his, if his ERA is closer to four, you know that's pretty good for a number three. Too, yeah, right. I mean, so the, 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 he set the ceiling so high that if he does take a little bit of a step back, I think he still fits this rotation really well. Uh, let's take a look. fall off a cliff. Yeah, no, and this is it. This <laughs> not, will be by not. far the biggest question mark uh, starting the new season. Is, it's is, going to be, I think, the next two years, which is the, you know, the rest yeah. of his contract. It's definitely going to be start to start like, okay, you know, if he doesn't have it one day, it's like, well... All yeah. right, is this the start? Make sure of it? the long man's ready in the pen, because <laughs> which is which is too bad because he's great and he's fun to watch, and yep. I hope he just you know goes out on, goes on a tear, and I think he absolutely still can. He I could, mean, yeah. He can locate as well as anybody, and he's just got he can he just keeps everybody off balance. He's great and has been fun to watch, but uh, but that was definitely tough the last couple months of the season. Let's take a little bit of a look ahead at what's left to do this season, because uh, like we said, they they lock up Barrios long term, they bring in Gosman to replace Ray. The rotation looks pretty good. Uh, I can't imagine, maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but that they want to start the season with both Biggio <laughs> and Espinal in the infield. You, maybe one of those guys, but I can't imagine you'd want to do both. Um, obviously, maybe a couple things to do around the bullpen. What do you think, You know, whenever this lockout comes to an end, there's going to be a mad dash for spots around baseball free agents still left to sign what are the blue jays going to be looking to do before the start of the the season yeah i mean i think i think you got it i think that you know obviously an infielder is uh is really important i don't think you can go into the season with, with espinal and biggio both playing every day right um I, you know i think that that's you know an, an okay enough platoon that uh that you can stick them out one of second or third, ideally second, right. uh, and 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 be fine, especially because you know they're you know Espinal played really well last year and Biggio played really well the previous years. Um, so what is really Espinal have... like? He's not a three hundred hitter in a regular everyday role, is he? I don't think so. No, but no. Uh, but I think that they're you know I think that they I think especially like they they consider matchups and I think that uh, you know they'll they'll put him in as good a position as they can to succeed yeah. and I think he hits the ball hard you know it's not home run power obviously uh, but hits it hard has some speed and uh, and can can be a guy who can who can you know make some things happen and, and is a, you know a cut above a utility guy I think but or you know maybe a high end utility guy because yeah. he certainly you know the glove works too which is oh yeah which is really important. So you know that's sort of where where Biggio is in, in is in a different boat where he has to hit because the glove is is there's lots of guys who yes. <laughs> feel better than him but but you know versatility can only take you so far so yeah I think that you know obviously there are a few candidates out there uh, on the trade market that have all been discussed and you know there's Chris Bryant as a free agent and there's there's a couple other guys that could fit um, they could go other ways you know I think I wrote in the mailbag this week about Kyle Schwarber's you know a lefty hitter who could play in the outfield sometimes who could sort of you know be your dh but when you need somebody else to dh you can find is, is dickerson him. back or is he a free agent he's free agent. okay so yeah. and yeah i think you know you want to you want someone like that but who's better right. I yes think, you know there was talk about uh they talked to the reds or or no sorry they talked to the brewers about jackie bradley jr before the he hmm. went back to the red Sox, which was an interesting one yeah uh, bradley for randall gritchick would have been uh a good swap for the Jays. Yes. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the Brewers would be getting out of that except Randall Gritchick, <laughs> which is not, you know, he can't be any worse than he was last year. Like I think literally, and he's had, he's had some really good years. Like I, I, you know, I don't want to put any hope in Randall Gritchick, no. but, uh, but you know, not real enamored of him at the moment. And, and he hits from the right side, which is, you know, there's just too got, many of those guys. So I think that's that. why the, the Bradley, obviously, uh, Gritchick sweep, sweep swap would have worked because Bradley, uh, uh, hits from the left side, but so you know, I, I 
there are th some things that they could do out there, but I think definitely it's just they got to get an, or an infielder. They got ideally a third baseman for me uh, can make it work at second. And uh, they got to play at the top of the market because that's the kind of team they are right now. And that's the, they have the kind of resources to do it. So um, is there a chance but, it may come in the trade market instead of free agency? Like, what do you see out there in terms? Would you be more interested in going the trade market based on what's left in free agency? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Matt Chapman is real, real, real good. Yeah. And, you know, didn't, isn't projected to have a great year with the, the bat. Didn't have a great year with the bat last year, but it's just so good defensively that it's still projected to be like a four win player. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Cleveland is, yeah, you know, everybody wants. talked about yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it there. I, you know, I, I would love to see it happen. Uh, what would it take I, to get that done? Do you think? I think I'd have to take. It would take a ton. I yeah. think you know Cleveland's got a. They've got the rebrand. They want you know they want to sell some shirts. <laughs> they got uh, you know Shane Bieber's coming back. He only pitched half a season last year, and they still won eighty games. So their and their division isn't that great. Right. So you know keeping keeping Ramirez around and having healthy you know more health from the starting rotation. Uh, could push Cleveland into uh, into one of those into one of those years, especially yeah. now if we're talking about right. a playoff team, right? Yep. So, and maybe that's part of the reason that they haven't moved him as yet. But apparently, the Jays were pretty serious about him at the deadline, and I think the price was probably was either too high or would have involved guys who you know someone like an Alejandro Kirk, who you know they couldn't take off their big league roster. I you know I don't know what that necessarily would have done, but he's obviously been a target for a long time, I think, and and for good reason, and it's a perfect perfect fit. You know, just positionally switch hitter contract is really team friendly for two years. And so then after two years, you don't have, you know, it's not like signing Chris Bryant for five or six years mm -hmm. where you have to worry about the back end of that deal. Uh, you know, you would have to give up a ton to get him, but I think that would be perfect if you can get Cleveland to budge, but they, you know, it takes, it takes two to make a deal. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily going to want to do that. Um, but yeah, he would, he would be perfect. Chapman, I think would be a great fit. Bryant is a free agent and would be a great fit. Kettle Marte and Arizona is another one that's been talked about a lot. Another team that for some reason is adamant that they're not going to rebuild, even though they're just, they're never going to win in the, as they are currently constituted with the Dodgers and the Giants in that division <laughs> and the Padres. Like, yeah. where, what are you doing, Arizona? Like, come on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I, there are options out there. And like I say, like, I think the Jays have to play at the top of that market. I mean, that's that you don't, you don't pay $200 million to Gosman and, and Barrios and have Ryu and have Springer and have Bichette and Guerrero still cheap and Teoscar Hernandez back-to-back -back silver sluggers and have your starting infield include both Biggio and Espinal. Like you have to go out and get uh, a top player to, to play there, I think. And uh, would you? Fortunately, fortunately, that should be no problem. You know, right. in other years that would have been an issue, but it's not going to be tough to, to convince free agents to come here at this point. No. And it's not going to be tough to... Uh, to to justify unloading some of their prospects because the you know the team is pretty solid for the next couple of years and they got you know they got a couple extra draft picks coming and and they've got some you know they have a, a decent enough farm system even though it's taken a step back because of graduation so I, I think they can definitely weather it and this is this is the time they should be doing that stuff you can't hold your hold your chips for next year I mean this is this 2022 has to be uh, this is an all-in year, right? You you yeah. would trade a lot of young talent to get that perfect piece that maybe puts think, you over the I top. I think so. Yeah. I mean, not all in, maybe not all in, okay. but yeah, like the the window is the window is very very open. It's yes. not you know last winter it was like okay the window's starting to open and now it's you know even though they didn't make the playoffs it's open like they and if they'd have cracked in they like might have like they were no yeah. worse than anybody else by the end of the season. Like maybe with one or two exceptions, right? But they would have been in the mix had they crept in. That was the part that was the most disappointing on that last day. It was like, oh, they were no, they were not a bad bet against right. anybody, right? So. No, they. Oh, they would have been. People, teams would have been terrified of yes. having to come up against the Jays. I guess I, the other thing I will say, seeing as I said it for Cleveland, is that you know you add a playoff team and maybe the Jays start thinking, well, maybe we can get away with Espinal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which would which would not be good for the game or or. Uh, for their team or for anybody, um, but I, you know, I, I, based on all their work to this point, I don't think that that's the thing they're going to do. I think they're definitely going to. Uh, they sure look another to be another in. top end piece. I think that you know, uh, I think it's just too obvious, and 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 the the opportunity is there for them. I've been forced in a big way to uh, to backpedal on the uh, the Shatkins regime, right? Like <laughs> coming in, I, I've made no bones about the fact. And maybe it was just blind fandom of of double A, and there's just something about Shapiro in the way he speaks that that feels a little 
almost Gary Bettman like, right? Like, I, why are you talking to me like this? Like, it just, I can't get past it. But in a baseball sense, they've done everything they said they were going to do in terms of rebuild the farm system. And when it's time to spend, we'll spend. And like, they've been full value on that, basically dating all the way back in terms of spending to Ryu. Ever since then, they've done everything to show you they're all in. Like, they're going to treat this like the big market that it should act like. And, um, I've been really excited to see that and I've had to kind of, all right, I was wrong, right? And and give <laughs> these guys the credit that they deserve with uh, with everything that they've done moving forward. And one of the things that Shapiro was very vocal about when he came to Toronto was looking at either what could be done with the Dome or where do we potentially look to to build a new ballpark. Uh, we saw the whole thing about, was it, was it Western University that did the study on can we put grass in the dome? And there's a part of me that's like, isn't it a parking lot underneath? Like, I think this, (laughs) I don't know whether that was, you wouldn't spend millions of dollars just for show, but I think he wanted, I think there was a part of it that was showing fans. We're, we'll look at it. We'll see. That was Paul Beeston's. It was Beeston. You're right. I'm sorry about that. That's uh, I can't hang. (laughs) I mean, we're going to be nice to Shapiro here. That's right. No, you're right about that. He doesn't need that. (laughs) That extra thing hung on him. No, you're right about that. Uh, But, you know, he, he has said that the dome needs to be modernized or they need to find a new park. And it appears just before Christmas uh, that they've decided that they're going to move forward with renovations for now as opposed to trying to find a new park. I don't know how familiar people are with what it would take to get the dome out of there before you could build something like that thing's built to withstand a nuclear blast. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's months and years of tear down and removal in the downtown core. That was going to be problematic. And I don't know about you, man, but like I grew up in Oshawa, that location, even for a guy from the Burbs was sweet, right? Like right there at the end of the skywalk at Union Station, it's right downtown. Um, you got bars, you got the subway station, you got the commuter trains. I don't know that you're going to find a better spot to build a ballpark. So short of being able to just build on top of what they have, this may be the best play. Before we get into specifically what they should do with renovating the Sky Dome, um, are you surprised that they have decided, you know what, we're just going to try and make it work where we are now? Oh, absolutely not surprised. No, I, I think it was either I, I think it was either renovate or stay there i don't i you know i don't think that there's a ton of serious thought about going elsewhere because the location is so perfect yeah uh it's just you know that's that's what's uh that's made the team what it is a lot in a lot of ways yes. you know the, the easy access to and especially now that there's so many condos down there compared to you know when the building first opened but just mm-hmm. the easy access to everybody uh you know to union station to bay street to you know the you know just being so central to yep. the city um you know, it's like when I lived in when I lived in the West End, it was like you know, it's like a fifteen minute bike ride. You know, and that's that's that you could draw a circle and just millions of people yes. within it who can you know go and and see a game. Back when it was cheap enough that uh, people who were riding their bikes would do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I think and I think you're right. You know, obviously the the logistics of of tearing down the dome would have been ungodly you know, insane. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah and even you know i've written a couple times about it because like, there are ways that uh I, I think the reds or the reds did this i think but also i definitely know the the cardinals when they built the new bush stadium they'd sort of built it at on one end of yeah the, it was like behind the left field wall or something like. yeah and they kind of had it so they got it to a point where when it was time you know when the season of the last season of the old building ended, they could implode it and sort of build out as much as they could over the winter. Right. Uh, it's a little more difficult, you know, when you're a little farther North. And also, <laughs> like you say, when it's, when there's just like, it's just concrete, like 400,000 yeah. pounds or tons of concrete in there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that would have been very difficult logistically. Uh, I think that would have also meant, you know, finding a way to like reroute Bremner, which would have been mm-hmm. difficult as that's more of an artery down into Maple Leaf Square and, and uh, has become a much more important sort of street in that part of the ta- uh, the city at this point. Um, you know, there would have, there's, a, there's, uh, there's like a pumping station there that would have been had, had to have been dealt with, you know, and I know there's a water main underneath the the ballpark now, which was part of the, you know, not just the parking lot, but there, there were, there were issues there that would have been a, a big situation had they you know gone forward with the grass field, which, you know, was studied there. Uh, like you mentioned in the Beeston era. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and 
it seems like you know they they had some some talks that went above Shapiro's office uh, with the city and uh, with various other factions. Uh, I believe you know more around the time when Rail Deck Park was a thing, which is you know, sort of fallen through, which is where there was going to be a ton of money coming in to sort of cover over the the train tracks north of this, the stadium mm-hmm. uh, with a park, which would have been some sort of public private partnership, which could have got some money to Rogers, which could have put up. You know, I'd heard dreams of you know they'll, they'll move the you know they got some great real estate at One Mount Pleasant that that they could right. they could do the same thing in a new building. You know, have Sportsnet front onto onto a new plaza. You know, I think there was a lot of stuff like that that was thought about in terms of and, yeah. and also Maple Leaf Square style. You know, retail restaurants, yes. hotels, condos, office space. And then I think you know, partly with the pandemic, there's less a demand for the office space aspect of that, <laughs> uh, obviously. And Rail Deck Park fell hard and. Uh, and the costs are, are, you know, the cost of just building on a, you know, you find an empty field and build a stadium at this stage, you know, you're still looking north of a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, so then you start factoring all, in all this other stuff. And that's why, you know, people above Shapiro had to get involved. And I think it just sort of ended up probably coming down to the fact that that was just going to cost so, so, so much money uh, while Rogers is trying to sort of go a different way. Uh, in terms of you know maybe being a little more of uh, you know sticking closer to their core business and obviously they've got this Shaw deal that everybody was talking about because of Edward Rogers weird power play in the in the fall. See the cameo uh, this week? I sure did. <laughs> that was sure hilarious. Did. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> For you Succession fans out there, they had Logan Roy. I forget the actor's name. Brian but, Cox. Uh, yeah. There you go. That's, uh, <laughs> congratulating Edward Rogers on his own coup, basically. So. Basically, yes. Basically, yes. So Hilarious. So, so you know, I, there are. I think there are just so many, so many levels and so many things going on that it probably was just too complicated to ever get off the ground, uh, which is probably for the best. You know, I, you know, I have my problems with the the Sky Dome, and uh, but it's a, it's a, like we say, it's a great, uh, it's a great location. Yep. The roof, I still, you know, that when that roof starts moving, I'm, I can't take my stupid eyes off it. Still, <laughs> yep. after you know, thirty years, right. Uh, you know, that's still kind of a marvel in that way. And I think there's lots you can do with it. And it's a great building when, when it's full and, and with the Jays are going to be good, which they should be for a very long time. Not just because, you know, I believe in the talent and everything, but because they sh- that should be demanded every yes. year. Really. We should be one of those kind of teams. Uh, it's certain the market certainly deserves it. Um, you know, then, then they could be, a, I think, I think it could be a great thing, you know, maybe wider seats that sort of actually all face the pitcher's mound would be a good start. You know, there's, there, there are definitely things that can be done. And this is one of the problems, right? When they built it, <laughs> it was state of the art for like 20 minutes. And then yeah. Baltimore went, Hey, here, look, this is Camden Yards. Everyone went, oh, that's what we should have <laughs> done. Now, Toronto, slightly different weather, all these things. But you also were, yes, you were trying to make it suitable for football. You were trying to make it suitable for concerts and the ice capades and whatever else you might want to put on in there. And so, yeah, when, if you're sitting kind of outside first or third base, you're just sort of staring. If you sit straight in your seat, you're kind of staring out into the outfield. Like you're staring at like the 50 yard line. Right. Yeah. Or the 55 yard line. Pardon me. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that's one thing that's going to have to be fixed is sort of the rough orientation of the seats. But what else is is realistic inside the footprint with the understanding that it is what it is. The building, the shell of it, at least, is going to stay what it is. What can they do in there with a, a focus on making this a primarily baseball building and, and making that kind of, you know, the, the core business? And, and this is what we're trying to appeal to. Uh, cup holders, <laughs> for example. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, you know, get all those seats out of there. Put like, you know, you, you don't you don't need fifty thousand seats, right? You know, you could cut that number down by ten thousand easily. It does uh, seem like it's been creeping down. Like, isn't it now I, like forty four yeah. or something? Or? Is it, it could it could be, but I think yeah. that you know they have sections yes. roped off or, yeah. or, or you know covered in a tarp, and you know you could turn those into you know the, I think the WestJet. Uh, flight deck has been very successful i like and, that idea it was neat and yeah. more stuff like that is cool i mean i i'm saying this like like you know like the regular fans are actually the important ones here <laughs> where I, whereas i'm sure that it's gonna you know the, the priorities are gonna be premium seating yes. the guys who are paying you know you know twenty five thousand dollars a year and, yeah. you know i think that that's that's something that obviously is going to be front of, of mind for uh for the people who run the business uh, I know that you know Shapiro's talked about you know opening up the concourses a bit more which i think you know is is uh 
going to be real tough in that building. And I think would have been something that they wanted to do, uh, you know, in a new building. So, the, you know, I, it's not that bad, but it's, you know, you're, you feel like you're underneath some stands there yeah. when you're, when you're walking around the concourse, which I don't know, you're a ballpark, whatever. That's not really, that's not really the priority for me, but I know that I think that they've said, you know, uh, like there's lack of kitchen space for you know as part of the, part of the reasons why you can't get certain um, you know the people will always dream about like oh what's like the hot new you know street food in sure. Toronto or what can you you know what can you what can you bring in to jazz up the the options on well, I always read about every year there's an article in the Athletic on the the craft beer <laughs> rankings of cross yes, major league right. baseball parks like I don't know put a section in whatever behind left field that you know, has, has Toronto's finest beers or what? Like little things like that. You would think. That I, just... I think so. I know, except, you know, behind left field is, you know, wow. okay. a lot of concrete. There's a lot of concrete. No, everywhere. You're right, but, <laughs> but could you open up one of those kind of areas into being more of like the flight deck, even if it's up on the 500, something that's more like a patio I setup think, or something. I like think that. so. Yeah. yeah, I think, the, I think they can. And I think that they, yeah, I think they, they will probably be aiming to do that. I hope they are. I think, I hope a team museum is something that yeah. the Jays don't have. It'd be nice to have a statue of, uh, that isn't Edward Rogers, or, or sorry, Ted Rogers. <laughs> oh, uh, you know Edward's next. <laughs> oh, of course he is. Of course he is. You know, yeah. Put him on his dad's lap. Uh, <laughs> okay, see, I like that. I'll go take a selfie with that statue. <laughs> but, but like, there's yeah, there there are a lot of a lot of things I think they can do. I'm sure you know. Uh, accessibility things are, are, are should be on the table. But this is mostly about creating more revenue than it is for creating a better. I would experience say so. for the because you know you got to make money off you, it, right? You could take out a lot of seats if you widen the current ones. Make right. put some cushions on there and yeah. cup holders. Make it like we're at the movies, you know, and have them oriented well. Yeah, you can still have you know you you can still have all the the the, the seats you need. Um, is you know, there I, that would be that would be something that I would love, but but. I don't think that I'm the target of, right. of what these, you know, what is spurring these renovations. Uh, in that 2015 season where they they kind of took off at the deadline. I was at a game in April and I think they were playing Tampa, which is always a tough draw. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was a Thursday night or something and it was maybe I don't know 17 18,000 fans something like that. And it wasn't great. And I was back in August when things had taken off and they'd gone out and they'd made the the price deal and the Tulowitzki deal and they were playing Minnesota and I think again it was a a, a Tuesday or Wednesday night and it was about 38 or 39,000. And the place as you've already suggested was unrecognizable. Like you're in the yeah. same building but it feels completely different. Totally. Is yeah. there anything at all that can be done there? that's going to change that or is it always just going to be on a good night when the place is full it's going to feel fun and on a bad night where it's not it's just going to be a giant concrete cavern and that's just sort of what you're going to have to live with yeah i <laughs> maybe the latter i yeah. don't know i mean obviously i'm not uh, i i am i'm uh, the longest way from an engineer <laughs> uh, if, but if they could open up some you know if they could get some natural light somehow in there if they could knock down that one building i don't somehow, know somehow right like in the, the outfield the falling in on itself right yeah. could you open up the roof and make it feel like at least the back part is open to the world or something like uh, it's that, I, I think you know that that would definitely go a long way because yeah. especially when the roof is closed, uh, it's real cavernous there. Yeah, uh, when you just don't feel like you're when you yeah you just feel like you're. It's a giant wreck you know, room, is what you're saying. It, <laughs> it's not great, and then there and stuff like little things like that. Uh, I also think you know when, look there are just days where it's raining and humid and the roof is closed and it's just you're sticking to the seats and it's yeah it can get uncomfortable. But like you say that's really noticeable when there's 10,000 or well, there isn't any more I've gone to games where there was 10,000, but when there's 17,000, as opposed to when it's full. And, yeah. you know, like I went to, I went to playoff games in 2015 and 16. And I remember having seats that were, you know, the last row of the 500s so closer to the plate, not, you know, not like way out there, sure. but like literally like if I turned behind me, I'm looking at concrete <laughs> and, uh, and it was incredible. Of you course, know, you know it's uh, when you when you, you can just oversee that whole vastness of people and energy and uh, the city can make uh, its own good time. Kind of, it thing. really can. Yeah. It really can. And so, uh, I think that's the one of the many reasons it's probably for the best that they they're they're going this route as much as I would have uh, uh, enjoyed the the nice shiny new toy of a new sure. stadium. Um, 
you know, but not at the expense not, of being a Downsview or something. And <laughs> yeah, oh my God, have, absolutely not. I I live in Peterborough, and I'm still like I'm still I'm not going to Downsview. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like that's insane. Um, but yeah, and it, it, you know the the concrete, you know the environmental impact of like <laughs> just yeah turning all that concrete into rubble and then putting in a bunch more is uh, you know not uh, not going to save the planet when you have like. 18,000 Lufthansa planes flying empty just oh to my keep God. Yeah. slots. And, you know, we're, we're living in a nightmare, obviously, but but I still don't think it's a great There's not enough paper start... straws in the world I can use <laughs> yeah. to make up for that, <laughs> as, exactly. as has been said, right? So Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, I, I think there's a lot that can be done there, I hope, and I, I hope they do it. So you're happy enough with the with the solution here and, and just because obviously at some point it will have to be replaced, but if they do the reno, right, you can kick the stone down the road here another 20 years or so. I, oh, at least I yeah. think, yeah, I think you can, because we've seen then, like, MSG. By, then it'll be, by then it'll be a cathedral, right? Yeah. Well, MSG like in, in New York has, has sort of done the same thing. Like we love the location. We love the history. We're not moving. So we'll just spend what it takes to try and turn this into a modern, I know it's different. Uh, it's Madison square garden, but if you're, creative enough and committed enough and have the right people in charge you could potentially turn this into something where you go all right like i can live with this for another however long like this is pretty fine like it, it, it when you factor it all together i'd love to be sitting in a modern but kind of classic style ballpark in downtown toronto but that's not on the table so i can live with this because i'm happy with the location and the you know the things that go along with that and the money that it's bringing in for rogers is allowing me to keep paying vladdy and um these sorts of things there's compromises you make i think and if you want to have a ball team that's going to play outside in canadian aprils and octobers you're going to need certain certain amenities that other ballparks don't have to think about so i it would be nice for them to play outside in October. Wouldn't that or, be cool? Or, or inside in October. Sure, just just play in October <laughs> would be great. So. But I, I think you're right. And also, you know, uh, you know, as easy as it is to get cynical about baseball, especially, you know, especially in this era and especially as we're in the middle of a lockout that it seems uh, is going nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, like just uh, uh, just sucking the fun out of everything. It is, you know, part of it is about history, and part of it, it will be it will be great to still be able to look at the bleachers in the in left field, and or not the bleachers, but the outfields. <laughs> you know, the bullpen out there. See where Joe Joe Carter right you know, hit that home run to be in the to be in the build for me to look up and be like, there's the seat I gave away for the bat flip game, right? Like uh, what? You know, that, yeah, I did, I did. Oh no! What happened? You have to tell us this quickly. Come no, on. I was just I was sick. I went home for Thanksgiving. It was right after Thanksgiving, and I was like, "Oh man, I feel terrible." <laughs> Stayed on my parents' couch for a couple of days, and was like, "Do I go back for this game?" Like, "Oh no, I'll just, I'll just give it away." <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, on that somber Other note, people will have better memories of that game. I'm no sure. doubt. <laughs> on that somber note, man, I appreciate you making the time to tell us about the Batflip.ca. Hey, thanks so much. Um, yeah, the, it's uh, it's on it's a Substack. You can uh, read everything I, I write for free. Uh, I prefer if you uh, if you subscribe and pay me some money because that allows me to continue to write for free for everybody else. And, right uh, through the generosity of of uh, a great number of uh, of supporters who do that, I've been able to continue uh, doing my thing and and writing about baseball when there are things to write about, which lately has not uh, has not been easy, <laughs> but. Uh, but I'm persevering, and uh, and I'm sure that they will figure something out very soon, or uh, or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can highly, I can certainly vouch for it. There's also a podcast that goes along with it, uh, the the Happy Hour, which is Happy Hour. Yeah, yeah it comes out every Friday afternoon. Uh, usually, just as I'm cracking into my first something to Friday, and uh, I always get excited. I figure when the Happy Hour podcast shows up a little bit earlier, it means I can crack Happy Hour a little bit early on a Friday. All right, so. that's 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 our goal. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, well worth the investment, uh, and, and it's always a great read. As you said, even the mailbag up right now, people throwing in their quest and get your take. Um, you wrote about the the Dome Reno already. Uh, that was one of the things that made me want to get you back on. So can highly recommend people suggest that we will share the links on our social media as well as uh, in the show notes here for episode 924. Uh, always appreciate you making some time, man. It's it's great talking baseball with you. I've always enjoyed your work. So uh, really happy that you make a little time for us. Yeah, anytime, man. Maybe, when, maybe if they play a season, we can uh, do it again soon. That would be 
Great. Uh, and actually, uh, the new family cottage is not too far from your neck of the woods, so maybe meet up on a patio and do one of these live or something. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll buy you, I'll buy you a round or two of White Claws or whatever's going on. You'll know the neck, of the, uh, the the lay of the land better than I will. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much. It's it's the batflip.ca, Andrew Stoughton. It's also the podcast uh, through there is called Blue Jays Happy Hour. Um, highly recommend you check all of those out. Thanks so much again, man. Appreciate it. For Andrew Stoughton, my name is Matt Robinson. We are on Twitter and Instagram at tallcanaudio, facebook.com slash tallcanaudio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen right now. Don't forget, Spotify now allows for those star ratings, so make sure you hit us up there. We'd really appreciate it. We will see you all next time on Tall Can Audio. It is over! Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.